Chapter 4 The Waster, the Hoarder and the User I believe we can identify three attitudes or approaches people have to money. There are wasters, hoarders and users of money. You probably know the parable that Jesus told about the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. Most people tend to look at it as a story of one person who made some bad decisions about finance and consequently ended up with nothing. But I believe it is the story of three people and reveals each of their attitudes to money. The three main players in the story are the father and his two sons. The father's attitude to money was a blessing in his life, but the attitude of both sons caused money to be a curse in their lives. By examining these three personality profiles, you and I can learn from their choices. The prodigal son. Then he said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat 
that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again, and was lost and is found. Luke fifteen, eleven to 32 The main character in this story is a typical example of a waster. The word prodigal actually means to be wasteful, which is why we call the son the prodigal son. Money became a curse in his life because of the choices he made. Let's do a quick personality analysis of his nature and character. He was impulsive and impetuous because he wanted his inheritance well before the time. It all revolved around give me. Well, he was given his portion, but look what he did with it. He was wasteful and squandered it away on an extravagant lifestyle. He was also full of pride because it was only when he hit his lowest point that he developed a spirit of humility. This personality type caused him to make certain choices. Incidentally, these are the same kinds of choices that every person is faced with today. We live in a world of instant gratification. I want it all and I want it now. The younger son didn't want to wait for his inheritance. A lot of people are impatient and want to take shortcuts that can inevitably become a curse. Living a life of blessing doesn't come from impatience. To build the purposes of God in your life takes patience, cooperation with the Holy Spirit, and staying consistent in both good times and tough times. The prodigal son uprooted himself from living in his father's blessing and went to live in another country. Some people chase a dream, but in their impatience make decisions that uproot themselves from where God has planted them. In doing so, they weaken themselves financially and in every other aspect of their lives. Think what it costs to re-establish yourself in a new city or country. Forming new friendships, relationships and opportunity in your life can take years to rebuild. There is no problem if God has called you to move and plant yourself according to his plan and purpose. In 1978, Bobby and I made the choice to leave New Zealand and move to Australia. Since then, we have become citizens. We have put down roots and have sown ourselves in building a new life. We are here because this is where God has planted us. And it is a life call, which has brought great blessing to our life at every level. I'm talking about people who spend a few years in one place and then, on a whim, move to another place. They keep moving and moving and moving, and they don't live in the blessing of God because they don't know how to be planted. It is no wonder that life is always a financial struggle for them. 
The younger son's choices regarding spending brought him to ruin. The Bible says he wasted his possessions. How and when you spend can be a blessing or a curse in your life. There is no problem with spending money as opposed to hoarding it. But there will be problems if you spend foolishly or spend what you don't have. The prodigal son chose to live a wasteful lifestyle. In the same way, people make decisions about their lifestyle that curses their finance. Habits, addictions and gambling are lifestyle choices that will hinder the flow of money in your life. Our friendships, relationships and people we associate with have a huge influence regarding our attitudes to money. Partnership can be a great blessing or a curse. See chapter 12. As the company we keep rubs off on us, the prodigal son hung around with people who helped him squander his inheritance and ended up looking after someone else's pigs. After he reached rock bottom, it says he finally came to himself. In other words, where he was at, living in poverty and feeding the pigs, wasn't who he really was. How many people see themselves way below their potential and then live accordingly? Pride and self-gain dislocated him from his rightful inheritance. And it wasn't until he humbled himself and repented that his life turned upward again. It is never too late to turn behaviour around so that money can become the blessing it was intended to be. The second character in this story is the older brother. He was opposite in character to his prodigal brother who wastefully squandered his inheritance. Yet money was a curse to this brother as well because he was a hoarder. If we had to build a personality profile on this son, it would be easy to imagine that the reasons he stayed under his father's roof could have been less noble than they appear. It's obviously cheaper at home. If this was the case, one would assume that he was ruled by himself and a love of money. Even though he obviously had plenty of money himself, Verse 12 says that the father divided the inheritance among both his sons. He chose to live at home. Notice that the scriptures never mention his money. Perhaps he had it hidden under his bed. The older brother wasn't a happy person. He was angry and resentful when his brother came home. You can imagine his bitterness. I have been helping my father on the farm all this time. And my brother walks back in after messing up his life and my father throws him a party? It's not fair. He was obviously a lonely person and was resentful when he heard the music and dancing. When he found out about it, he didn't join in but sulked outside. The Bible says that if you show yourself to be friendly, you will have friends. I guess this son was the kind of person who needed a lot of attention because the father had to come out 
and plead with him to go in. He was obviously very bottled up on the inside. Even though he'd received an equal portion of the inheritance, he felt angry and resentful towards his younger brother. That resentment reveals the root issue. He was absorbed by self. Even though he had money, he was a person without influence who resented the blessing others received. But the Bible doesn't mention what he did with his money, but he obviously kept it all to himself. Living at home meant he didn't have to spend anything either. We know he was consumed with self because of how he expressed himself. It all revolved around I and me. Self-absorbed people don't see beyond themselves. The older son was blind to what he had, especially since his father said, All that I have is yours. All he could see was that his brother was getting a great welcome home party, and he wasn't. Human nature has a tendency to see blessing in another person's life far quicker than seeing blessing in their own life. Here we have two sons with two different personalities. The younger one was impulsive, excessive, and spent his money lavishly, while his older brother was tight-fisted, mean, and unhappy. He was like those who criticized the woman who anointed Jesus with her expensive perfume. All they could see was how much it cost. On the other hand, all she could see was the opportunity to bless another person. Sometimes we have to open our eyes and see beyond ourselves. The finance of wasters goes nowhere. They're often up to their ears in debt and their lives are a mess. On the other hand, hoarders can't enjoy anything either, even when they have money stashed away. John Paul Getty once said, I have enough money to own every heifer in America, but my stomach is so full of ulcers that I can't enjoy one steak. The third character in the parable of the prodigal son was the father. He was a user or a steward of money. He excels in this story. He was a loving, compassionate father who was incredibly generous readily dividing his livelihood between his two sons. Even when his younger son squandered away his inheritance, he opened his arms and welcomed him home. In fact, he threw a party. He could have responded with anger and cut him off completely. This is a great lesson for parents. No matter what your kids have done, never cut them off. Sometimes you have to let them go as did this father. He didn't seem to try to pursue his son, but when his son came to his senses, his father was there for him. I think the father in this parable was a colourful, affectionate character. He didn't stand back aloof, detached when he saw his son coming. He ran, jumped on him and kissed him. His house was full of music and dancing. I believe he had the joy of the Lord. He loved being in a position to bless people. I love the way he explained throwing a party for his wayward younger son. 
It is right that we should make merry and be glad. There would be some people who would whinge about the cost and extravagance of such a party, especially for someone who had wasted his inheritance on prodigal living. Some churches are hampered by similar thinking. It is right that the church is full of music, life and atmosphere. It is right that we have excellent systems and comfortable seats for people to sit on. The church needs to get released about spending finance to bless the people. How could this father have divided his livelihood between his sons and still have obvious wealth? When the younger son came home, he gave him the best robe, a ring and killed the fatted calf for a party. Money wasn't something he gave away and then had nothing left. He was obviously attracting new finance into his life as well as utilising it. This is what makes a good steward and is a concept that many people don't understand. Your personality affects your attitude to money and the way you live your life. If you look at the three personality types, the waster, the hoarder and the user, you will notice that the words they spoke and the emotions they expressed depict their approach to finance. Their attitude to money was just an extension of who they were. The father was overly generous and you can see it in his words and actions. You see this giving nature revealed in people who compliment and encourage others. Hoarders are not only tight-fisted with money, they are tight with their words and rarely compliment anyone. On the other hand, you get people who waste words on flattery and promises they cannot keep. By expanding your thinking, you can attract money in your life and have the resources available to give to others. The biblical principle is that you reap what you have sown. Look at the prodigal son. He had wasted all his money on himself. So when he was at his lowest point, no one gave him anything. It's rather sad how he had so many friends when he had money to burn, but every one of them left him when he was destitute. You often read newspaper reports about those who win millions of dollars in the lottery. I'm always interested in what they do with it. One man gave his entire $10 million away. That may appear generous, but it's actually not smart. With more wisdom and understanding, he could have taken some of that finance and built a resource that could keep blessing people for years. I believe that this is what user or steward of money would do. A waster would soon have nothing left, and the last thing a hoarder would have done is share it with anyone. I see the same three attitudes in the way people worship God. You get those who dance, laugh, clap, and carry on during Sunday night services, but come Monday morning they hit depression. This is an excessive side to their wasteful personality. Then there are others who stand back and aren't going to lift their hands or clap for anyone. 
but you get others who are naturally generous in their praise to God. They have consistently built a life of worship that doesn't stop on Sundays. These people are real givers in their worship. It is this generous spirit that brings added blessing in their lives. It all boils down to choices. You have to learn how to give and invest so that you build the kind of resource that makes finance a blessing in life. If you get your attitude right and make the right choices, finance will never be a curse in your life.